Dan and Corey here, welcoming you in to Libservative. The great fundamental issue now before our people. Welcome in to another rousing rendition of Libservative Intellectual Idiots Fostering Political and Cultural Literacy. We've got Bell, the body snatcher on the ones and twos. If his internet works, Hi, Bell. Uh, he is he is always his Corey Walsh. We're He's here. Dan Griffin. <laughs> Bell's a little bit delayed tonight. <laughs> Oh, we both we ended played, at the same time. We played it at the same time. That's a shame. Uh, Bell, you there? Come in, Bell. Bell? <laughs> Hi, guys. That joke there didn't play is. out as that joke didn't play out as well as I thought. No, I Bell's let it sit for a minute. I've shot too long. I'm making one. Doesn't matter. <laughs> For some reason, when I hit these buttons, there's like a 30-second delay. Dude, our show, I swear to God, is the personification of a dad joke. Like, that is just what that's just what our show is. It's just nothing hits. Maybe that's <laughs> what we should change the name to, just dad jokes are us. Uh, anyway, we've got a lot to talk about tonight. We're, gonna, we're not going to talk so much about uh, Israel here this week. I feel like everything that's been said has been said, and Everyone on both sides of this issue. Oh my God, you're invoking both sides. Yes, yeah, so what? I don't give a fucking care. Sometimes it applies. Uh, it's just become unbelievably unhinged at this point. Nobody wants to wait for any actual news to come out. Nobody wants to wait for the fog of war to clear. And, uh, you know, if you think that Palestinian lives matter, you're an anti Semite. And if you think that Israeli lives matter, you're an Islamophobe. So everybody loses in this situation. I don't understand why we keep yeah. doing this. There's a lot of people out there that are way smarter than us that have articulated their thoughts on this way more eloquently than we ever could. And there's a lot of really smart people out there that are sounding way dumber on this topic than we ever could. And people we respect. Yeah. Ultimately, I'm just, I don't like seeing innocent people killed. Yeah, I know. uh, One side is committing a bunch of atrocities and the other side's committing a bunch of atrocities. And I think that any side sucks their government sucks i mean and you could cheer on what i'm saying and be pissed off depending on who you think i'm talking about because that goes well we could we could we could talk about this this fun narrative uh just just quickly just so we can make fun of it a little bit because you know let's make some light out of a horrible situation and human beings dying which is not what we're trying to do but that's what we're going to get accused of anyway so i might as well throw it out there before it actually happens uh this idea that there is no there is no moral equivalence because one side wants the other side dead. You like this one? You like this narrative that, that people throw out there? You could leave it at that and then depending on how people feel, they would just assume you're talking about one side or the other. Yeah, depending on which side you fall on, right? So you, 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 you're seeing that a little bit more from the pro-Israel people because, I mean, they, they just have a little bit, little bit bigger of a voice. And it's like, you know what? 
this idea that one side wants the other side dead and that and and the other side is the good guys it's just it's abs it's absolute nonsense because th there's a huge difference here right so Hamas, Hamas uses they're they're primitive as fuck right so they just they just sling rockets into the air trying to kill as many israelis as they possibly can in typical terrorist fashion right horrible awful it's it's easy to look at you can see it it's right in front of you but there's the also the argument that the israelis want the palestinians gone and they use a lot more 21st century um techniques i guess you could say they're a little bit more uh sophisticated in the way that they conduct they want to conduct their genocide uh, mean they yeah. just do it with a monocle yeah they do it by i don't know I, yeah they do it yeah they're, they're like the fucking monopoly man yeah, they have, uh, they have the, a top hat on when they do it uh, uh yeah the monopoly man of of the middle east Your and it's like goes wherever and it kills israelites our bomb goes where we want it and we kill palestinians we're sophisticated. Israelites is a is a biblical term, Corey. I think they're referred to as Israelis in the 21st century. Okay. <laughs> you can label them whatever you want. They're both trying to kill each other. Then yeah, meanwhile, one, and, one side wants the other side dead. And the kids on both sides are being brought up to hate the other side, and it's just going to perpetuate the nonsense that we see over there. And it is. It's nonsense. It's this nonsense one of the worst that lives are being lost because of failed diplomacy, failed policy, and failed leadership on either end of the spectrum of Semitism to anti-Semitism or Islamism to xenophobia. Yeah, you've got uh, Hamas. You've got Hamas slinging rockets, and then you've got audio of I don't, I don't know if there's audio, but uh, documentation of Netanyahu back in twenty point was it twenty nineteen saying that if we want to avoid a Palestinian state, we have to prop up Hamas. Like, yeah, because, like, isn't it, uh, so Gaza is Hamas, but isn't the West Bank, like, a different sect of a uh, of an Arab leader, Fatullah or something like that? I don't know what you're talking about. Because, well, because, like, there's the West Bank, and then yeah. there's the Gaza Strip. Mm-hmm. Both are areas that are being heavily settled. Yes. Okay. I see what you're saying. Yes. Hamas was elected as leadership, whether uh, or not right? legitimately or not, lit well, not, not legitimately in, in Gaza. Yeah. And Net not Netanyahu wanted them to be there because it creates a division in the Palestinian leadership. Right. And then they could focus on, they could focus on uh, set settling in the West Bank. It's like, Dude, Israelis want the Palestinians removed from their land. Like, I, I don't think that you can possibly fucking deny that. Does that mean that it's okay for terrorists to... I thought we said we weren't going to talk about this, but then I started going off. Uh, but the, is that okay? does that make it okay for Hamas to be slinging rockets around and, and killing innocent Israelis? Of course it doesn't. And Palestinians. You know? Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, of course, because a, a lot of those rockets don't make it where they're supposed to go. And it was funny is like, we still we talked about it last week. Like we still don't know who blew up that hospital. Like we still we still have no idea who actually blew up that hospital. Yeah, the split of uh, Fatah is is uh, the Palestinian government in the West Bank. Bell just okay. hopped into the private chat and said that. Yeah, I was I was I was close. 
Yeah, I don't claim. I'm not. I'm not all of a sudden a Twitter expert on Israeli-Palestinian relationships. It's like just, everyone on it, Twitter is. I'm so sick of the narrative. Like really smart people that we respect. One side wants the other side Dude, dead. It's like it's. Isn't that it, how war works? It's propaganda. It? They're shutting people down who are finding nuance in this that are like, no, I don't want anyone to die. It's fucking bullshit that people are over there killing each other. Like, get along to go along. Like I don't know. Like. <laughs> fuck man i can't you're all, I can't you're all over there on your high horses on either side thinking you're right and the other side's wrong and you can believe that you know but like you're over there just fucking murdering innocent people on either side over this grudge match of like what pride egos and some religious birthright that someone stole from the other person over a bowl of soup thousands of years ago I wish I could remember where I heard this. Um, so I, I, I apologize to uh, whomever was was the journalist that that brought this to my purview. But it was a story about a, a Palestinian in Gaza who was um, uh, he's a uh, an engineering major or a tech. He was a tech guy. He was a tech guy. Really good tech guy in Gaza, and like his his dream was to go to one of the biggest tech hubs in the world, which I don't know how many people actually know this, but Tel Aviv is a an incredible tech hub. It, 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 tech hub. it brought us Waze. Waze is fucking Israeli. It came out of Tel Aviv. So if you use Waze, there, that, that is uh, an, an Israeli-grown uh, thing. And all he, wants, all he wants to do, all he wants to do is go to Tel Aviv. Oh, and, like, man, he I just, heard this story, he, too. He just wants the shit to stop. It wasn't at you know, breaking points, was it? It was. It wasn't fifth column. No, nah, we must have been. It might have been on Dave Smith. Smith. It might have been. Oh, it you're right. You know what? It was Glenn Greenwald. Yeah. Glenn it was Greenwald Glenn Greenwald. Greenwald. Yes, thank you. Let's let's give uh, let's give credit to uh, to Glenn Greenwald on that reporting. But it's like, yeah, I know this about, a, like imagine living across the bay from New York or across the bay in San Francisco, knowing that that's the tech hub and that's where you want a job, but you just you just can't go over there. You're not allowed to. You're not. Bridge. You're not allowed to be there. And yeah, and yeah. it's like, you know, you you've got uh, pro Israelis making excuses for for fucking war crimes, shutting off the water to Gaza. Oh well, you know, if uh, if the Gazans had just uh, elected somebody besides Hamas, they could have built up infrastructure. Which is absolute bullshit, dude. They haven't even held an election since what 2005. Yeah, whatever it was. So, like, so, like, let's think about this, right? So, so Gaza, the the average age there is like what, like twenty four or something like that. Like there, it's a very young place. Yes, very very young population. None of them were even at voting age when Hamas got put into power, mm -hmm. and they haven't been able to vote since. And so like, it's not it's not hard to see. Shit. Well, it's they voted hard. them in. Give me a break. It's not hard to see that, like. It's it is a fucking war crime when you're cutting off resources to civilians. Like, and that's yeah. what the Israelis are doing. Yeah. You know, it's it's not I don't know. I, I think it's weird because I think we're I sounding more here, like, and this is why it's so to me where it's like it's at this point where it's like just it's it's a fucking conundrum. It's a quagmire, right? Because I could sit here and make a decent argument for either side of what they've gotten themselves into today, but you're a fence sitter, Corey Walsh. The You're just a dirty fence sitter. Yeah, okay, you know what? And that, scent, that fence is 100 miles high, and I'm sitting down looking at the mess on either side of it, 
and going, I'm not going to stand and put my all my chips in the basket on either side of it. So, yeah, call oh, me a fence. I don't give a shit. Nice 30,000 foot view reference, Corey. I dig it. Yeah, exactly. Like it's yeah. Call me a fence sitter because I'm looking at both sides, and both of them are neat. No one's hands are clean in any of this. You want me to give you a? You want me to give you a fun, a fun unhinged tweet, and then we can move on. Yeah. So Antonio Gutierrez tweets: uh, The grievances of the Palestinian people cannot justify the horrific attacks by Hamas. The horrendous attacks cannot justify the collective punishment of the Palestinian people. Sounds pretty reasonable i mean it's not done in good faith because it's antonio guterres but whatever he should have just ended it right there it nope. been a decent tweet. That, no that was it that was it that was the tweet oh. ben shapiro ben shapiro decides he wants to retweet it and says you are a moral disgrace that's no shock since the un is a flaming garbage heap of an organization that acts as a mouthpiece for many of the worst regimes on the planet here's the thing ben for the most part in that tweet he's not wrong like, I don't, I actually don't disagree with that sentiment. Here's the problem I have. Ben Shapiro is supposed to be a really smart, well-thought-out conservative thinker, right? This is an ad hominem fucking attack on Antonio Guterres's tweet. I don't, I don't, I never took Ben Shapiro for like an ad hom straw man kind of guy, but it just shows you that even people that I don't, it, if you've listened to this show long enough, you know, I'm not I am not a fan of Ben Shapiro. I don't think anybody on this show is, but I don't think he's an idiot. And I do think occasionally he makes a decent point. I've never taken him as the kind of person that would engage in ad hominem attacks like this. And it just goes to show you how stupid war, war makes, people. makes people. It's it's it, 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 it I, I get it. Ben Shapiro, he's an Orthodox Jew. I get it. I get why he's pro-Israeli. I get why people like Barry Weiss, who I'm having more issues with lately, with the way that she's reporting on this. She's a Jew. She's pro-Israeli. I understand. I get it. But it's just, it's really, really frustrating seeing intelligent human beings losing their fucking shit over war and not learning from what we all saw Back in the early 2000s with 9-11. They're, yeah. they're using the same fucking playbook. And that's interesting you say that, right? Because uh, Biden has actually been saying that like recently. Like, that's one of his rhetorics is like, don't do to yourselves what we did after 9-11 to ourselves. Honestly. Have you, have you heard any of that from him? Yeah. He's, honest, honestly. You it's know, the most clairvoyant thing I think he's said since he's been president. Not a big fan of Joe Biden either. I think he's been pretty okay on this so far. My issue is my only issue, at least at least what's coming out of his mouth. Now, what twenty what is million actually, to Israel and then a hundred million to Palestine? Yeah, exactly. I did the math on it. His, his actions on it. are different. It's like a hundred dollars a Palestinian. <laughs> Sorry <laughs> for blowing up your house. Here's a hundred dollar bill. It's crisp. Well, I mean, a hundred dollar bill might go a long way in Gaza, but still. Uh, what are they gonna yeah. buy, Dan? They're not allowed to even get anything. What makes what 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 makes me fearful is the the rhetoric that's that's going on around Israel and not understanding what we're looking at here, right? Because we're putting naval ships in in uh, around Israel. It, it's it you, you have Janet Yellen 
getting on fucking i don't remember what the hell that stupid show was i actually thought i had the video but maybe i don't anymore um she's she's out here talking about how the west can definitely afford uh to support two wars that we're not even fucking directly involved in while we're 33 trillion dollars in the fucking hole and americans are struggling day in and day out talking about how the uh the 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 American economy is in is in is in great shape, and there's just all of these puzzle pieces going funny? in. One second, Corey. There's all of these puzzle pieces that seem to be putting into place to justify another war in the Middle East. I really hope that doesn't happen. I I am praying to the God that I don't necessarily believe in that 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 is not going to take place but this just seems like it is setting up right now to justify a war with iran i god i hope that doesn't happen yeah and isn't that funny how they're gonna, they're about to pass that bill that gives like billions of dollars to both ukraine and israel because now it's appeasing the right and the left uh, it's like it's almost like it's like this weird thing where it's like world war three is just going to be fought with money now like we're just going to fight it with money we're not going to send people like for example Occupied Democrats. Oh God! New in a shocking move, Mitch McConnell has come out in support for President Biden's aid package to Ukraine and Israel. This is huge because Republicans are incredibly divided on the issue. No, they're not. President Biden is proving once again to be a par- bipartisan leader. But isn't I, that bad? Like, like go, I go sh- back, go back, go back to two months ago. I and shared it about, on our Facebook page or on our Instagram, and I was like, "Well, of course, the military-industrial complex, complex always brings out bipartisanship." Thanks for putting that out so well, so putting that out oh so eloquently. Occupied Democrats. What What's so interesting about that is like this is how you know that like idiotic pages like Occupy Democrats are bullshit because if it had been about any other issue, if it had been about like Mitch McConnell coming to the table on anything else, it would have been it would have been this whole. How could Democrats possibly work with this horrible human being? Right. It's, it, I, I just, I, I can't. Which reminds me, we just started going on this tangent. But uh, the sort of podcast is found on all social media and podcast platforms. Housekeeping, thank you, Corey. Show.com. We can be found at Libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Instagram and Twitter at Libservative Pod. Our TikTok videos can be found at Libservative Podcast. And you can reach out directly at libservativepod at gmail.com. Subscribe today. One side wants the other side dead. <laughs> wow. That can actually apply Which to American side are you on? <laughs> that can actually apply. That can actually uh, apply to American politics. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the moral, the the uh not the moral, but the uh just the monotonous simplicity of our red versus blue politics here just bleeds into every other scope of american exceptionalism when we view any sort of foreign atrocity happening in the world one side good one side bad Mm, that's it all right glad i got that figured out let me get back to my eight hour 80 hour work week yeah, and my my video games and whatever else distracts me from actual meaning in 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 life. Okay, Sagar uh, and Jetty. What? Is it okay, Sagar? I think isn't he the one that's like always dogs video games? 
No, and I like video games. I Jordan, doesn't Jordan Peterson dog video games all the time, too? Oh, it's not immediately clear to me that video games are good for the human mind. Uh, instant gratification <laughs> will fog their moral, their actual, I don't know. Or they're just, or they're just games. Or they're just games, like every other thing, yeah. every other thing that's a game. And that's so funny. <laughs> you, People be like, oh, video games are so fucking stupid. And then they'll go and put together a thousand, spend hours putting together a stupid ass puzzle. Yeah, not to mention video games can have been proven to be able to make people a lot of money. Pro gaming leagues, pro gaming leagues are no joke out there. I don't watch it, but it is what it is. Uh, you want to talk about uh, um, liberals and conservatives both not having essentially uh, any principles? Um, liberals going conservative and conservatives going further conservative? The left moves right and the right moves righter. <laughs> That has been the case in this country, I would say, at least since Reagan. Wouldn't you agree? Like, yeah, like, like, so, so I'll set it up by saying this. Uh, there's this weird fucking um, idea that, like, Democrats are associated with socialism. And, like, there's... <laughs> <laughs> There are certain ways in which they're portrayed that way, right? Like if you if you listen to like if you listen to AOC for five minutes, first of all, you'll want to stick a fucking Wait, like knife. Two thousand sixteen AOC or either way. We we found out she's full of shit. Uh but there's this like this is what makes me so this is one of the things that is my biggest pet peeve with conservatives when they when they want to come out and say that like the Democratic Party somehow supports socialism. Like, what world are you actually living in? The Democrats are, at best, at best, center-right, at best. And Republicans are fucking way to the right. Like, the, our entire political system is to the right. So this idea that, you know, Democrats are socialists, they might portray themselves that way. To get the you votes. Know, to, to, get, to get the, you know, the college kid. Right, who who thinks that socialism or, or, or communism is good? One hundred and one yet? Yeah, exactly. Who hasn't? Who hasn't? You know, bothered to to read uh, uh, Thomas Sowell for Basic for economics. even even two seconds? Yeah, oh, there's another it, good like, one. Uh, economics and one lesson. Yeah, you you the, the, so so anyway, go ahead, Corey. The, the the left moves to the right, and the right moves further right. That is the that is the trajectory that this country has been on since Ronald Reagan. Don't let anybody tell you anything less so i have four examples two from each side right uh of so what so what i meanwhile i'm gonna pour is, a bourbon yeah go ahead and do that so what i've realized let me set this up a little bit in our short stint of well actually not short of damn near almost 10 years now just like kind of following politics religiously is the both sides like to use not necessarily straw men, but like try to take the moral high ground on issues. Like for example, for the past since 2016, when Trump started wanting to build his border wall, all of these cities that were thousands and thousands and th like not thousands and thousands and thousands, but thousands of miles away from the border, were all like when when Trump was cracking down on the border, they were like, "Well, you know what? We're a sanctuary city." And what mm. we're going to do is if any of these refugees come here, we will welcome them with open arms. And so the border border cities called the border states called their bluff and started shipping them out there. 
And then all of a sudden they realize they get just a small taste of like what exactly is happening on the border. And now all of a sudden they're calling an atrocity of what's happening in their cities. So yeah, so, speaking of speaking of, uh, let me just interject for a second. So speaking of Thomas soul, what's one of his most famous quotes? There are no solutions, just uh, trade-offs. trade-offs. Yeah. Yes. And this is what everybody seems to miss. So yeah. when you sit there and you say, I'm a sanctuary city, it sounds good, right? Like we can give, we let, let's give all these, you know, give me your, you know, the, you know, give me your huddled masses, you know, that, but what that you're trading thing. off is your, uh, your budget, your, your, your tax you, dollars, places to places to put these people. There's only a right? so like, amount of places to put them morally. It's like, okay, look, there are immigrants here. All they want to do is work. All they want to do is, 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 is live the American dream. Like all the rest of us want to try to do. And like, you can have a decent amount of respect for that. But when you just blindly go, all right, we're going to give them a place to stay. And we're actually going to change our constitution, which I think is going to be one of the examples you're about to give Corey. We're going to, when we're going to change our state constitution to make it so that, uh, uh, undocumented immigrants, uh, can, can, can just come here and we're, we have to house them. And then you don't tackle the actual issue, which is the fact that it's illegal for them to work. What are you supposed to do next? And yeah. that, is, that is that is an issue of not realizing second, third, fourth, and fifth order consequences of the thing that you think is morally good. Yeah, so in New York right now, New York has the right to shelter law. It was put into place in 19... I actually don't have the date written down, but... Oh, 1981. So the right to shelter law in New York is a mandate that requires the city provide shelter to all homeless people who seek it. It was established by a consent consent degree in 1981 after a lawsuit by the Coalition for the Homeless. The law has been expanded over the years to include women, children, and other groups. However, the law has also faced some challenges and criticisms. Recently, Mayor Eric Adams proposed some changes to the law in response to the influx of asylum seekers who have strained the city's shelter system. He wants the city to be relieved of its right to shelter obligations during emergencies that cause a surge in demand for shelter, such as the migrant crisis. He argues that the law was not meant to shelter the world at large and that the city needs more flexibility and resources to deal with the situation. The proposal has sparked some controversy and opposition from other city officials, advocates, and homeless people. They claim that the proposal would undermine the right to shelter and harm the most vulnerable people in the city. They also question the legality and effectiveness of the proposal and suggest that the city should focus more on providing permanent housing solutions instead of temporary shelters. And it is not, it just let them work. Figure out a way to let them work. When the chickens come home to roost, right? Like you can sit there and like, platitudes and different things like that. You could say whatever you want to make yourself look like the moral, the moral supremacist in the situation. Oh, I like that moral supremacist. I like that. Yeah. Right. That, I'm going to start that gonna, one down. Make a I'm note of that. Us, I'm going to start using that as a disparaging moral supremacy. Term. Also. Yeah. In this moral we lost, supremacy. We lost there, bell for a minute. Is bell back? Working. Oh my god. <laughs> but yeah, so like it's just it's just so annoying that like 
Instead, so instead of these, I mean, I know it's just a city, right? It's not like any sort of actual legislative body that has any sort of influence on uh, actual policy being created for the whole country or for the country as a whole. But in the sense, it kind of does, right? Like these guys spent five, six years just talking about, well, I sure wouldn't treat immigrants in my city the way that they are on the border. If they come here, they're welcome. And then they kept saying it and kept saying it. And then all of a sudden and people found out and they found out that guess what? Their moral views are just as uh, malleable as anyone on the no, Southern border. What I mean is what I mean is so families would get to the border. They would get shipped to these sanctuary cities and then, and then what would they do? Like, hey, we're welcome here. They would call their other. They would call their fucking family that wasn't there yet, and which makes complete sense. Like, I would probably do the same thing. I'd be if, I, if I was. In I'm not a moral supremacist. Oh, if I was You're in welcome. a city, I'm the, if I was in a city in a third world ass country, and there's a cartel running around and they're fucking killing people, and then they come to my family and they go, "Your son has to fight for us, or you, you're all gonna die." You best believe in the dead of night. I'm going to round up my kids and try to get into a country that's safer. Mm -hmm. And then they get to New York or whatever the sanctuary city is. And they go, hey, this is great. We're fucking welcome here. And they call their yeah, family. Oh, my God. There's not a cartel come. beating down my doors. And more and more people come. And like, that's the second, third, fourth, and fifth order consequence. And guess what? That free ride's about to end because now Mayor Eric Adams is a right-wing lunatic because he doesn't think his right to shelter laws should protect the illegal immigrants that he welcomed to his fucking city mm. uh, for years. Well, it wasn't it wasn't so much no, him. I'm sorry, it wasn't him. Yeah, it was uh who was the mayor before Eric Adams? I can't remember. I'm, I'm not, not a New Yorker. Know, but yeah. It was but that yeah. it was that it was that broad. Oh no, I'm thinking of the governor. You're thinking of Chicago. No, no, I'm thinking of the governor. Uh Kathy Hochul. Yeah, I'm I'm not uh I'm not, I'm not up Cuomo. I'm not up on my, uh, no, Kathy Ogle was the chick that took over for Cuomo when he got ousted for like touching chicks ass. Yay. He's Italian. Hey, Gabagool. Uh, I'm allowed to say that I'm getting married this Saturday and my wife is Italian. So I'm allowed to say I don't know if you're allowed to just say that because you're married into the Italian race. It's like, is, 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 is that like, is that like saying I have black friends? I was gonna say I have a lot of black family, and I'm not allowed to just spout off the N word. So Bell's actually Italian; he's allowing it. <laughs> my argument doesn't go away if Bell was black and he was my friend. <laughs> if you go back, Corey, it's okay. You can say the N word. I'm still not gonna fucking say it. <laughs> That's a really good point, Bell. I was able to get in one transmitted message throughout this podcast. Oh, we have a message coming in from Bell. <laughs> We're actually starting a GoFundMe to get Bell's internet fixed. He no longer has. We, we at least need to upgrade him from dial up to DSL. Would you agree? He's got some DSLs. Oh, Bell. Was that it. an Italian joke? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> no. <laughs> he 
he's laughing. I can see him in the screen below yes. here. He's, he's, then yes. Good. Oh God, fuck! I'm crying. I forgot what the hell we were talking about. Oh, uh, Kathy Hochul or New something. York, I don't remember. New York, <laughs> like New York, going from we're a uh, a sanctuary city to get these immigrants out of here within a year. Oh, and that's that's what's interesting too, right? Because so so Eric Adams has like he's taking some shit for this, right? Like, you know, we have to do something about this, this immigration problem. Like, I don't really like, and don't, well, don't really care how, question, don't right? really care how, hold on. Don't really care how it's fixed. But like Eric Adams, he can't fucking do anything because it's in the state constitution <laughs> that he has to take these people in. So it's, it's, it's kind of out of his hands other than for him to be like, okay, uh, Somebody up up in Albany here. We got to figure out how to fix this now. Well, I think it's a city decree. Understood. It but it's, no, it's in the state constitution. The 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 what you call it? The consent decree. Yeah. No. 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 The, no. the right to shelter. The right to shelter. Yes. Okay. Then I have another one for you. You ready? Mm. No, but I'll I'll live with it. So. This one goes up to San Fran, West Coast, West Coast, East Coast. Figure Ooh, I haven't heard this one yet. I'm interested. Let's go. So in San Francisco right now, you know, they have their uh, the welfare recipients and stuff like that, but it's getting bombarded. They have a lot of people there on welfare and stuff like that. And it's a drug rampant city because I don't know. Hey, Bella, can you Google if uh, San Fran decriminalized drugs? Because I know drug use out there is rampant and things like that. And it's actually weighing on their welfare system. So San Fran is now, which, oh, I should have set this up differently. Like the, between the four, like, was it a right winger or a left winger who proposed this policy? Because right now in San Francisco, they have a drug rehab program and the drug rehab program is for welfare recipients in San Francisco and is a new proposal by mayor London breed and some supervisors. It aims to Increase accountability and help people with substance use disorder to get the treatment they need. It would require people who want to access to access county funded cash assistance to be enrolled in treatment and services or else they would lose their benefits. The proposal has sparked some controversy and opposition from other supervisors and advocates who argue that it is punitive, ineffective and costly. Do you remember that was a right wing talking point for years? Mm -hmm. Drug test the welfare users. Yeah. And the left called them monsters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, racists. And now one of the most liberal cities in the country is swamped by people who have drug drug use issues on welfare. Hey, Brian. Are we so so by bringing that up, are we now are we now right wingers because we're 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 bringing that point to the full, to the table, pointing out the hypocrisy of the left, of like the the liberals who. Well, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I guess it doesn't matter because we're the moral su right su supremacists. <laughs> no, I, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> right, nice goes yes. <laughs> but wait, there's more. <laughs> so where you see, you know, these the liberals moving more right on different things. Good day to you fellow intellectual idiots. If you're this far into the show, we're guessing that you probably like it. So we'd just like to ask you to hit pause, 
And on whatever platform you're listening, just leave us a quick review. It really does help us grow and gives us an opportunity to bring you even more great content in the future. And we'd also like to ask you to just press that share button and just send this episode to one friend that you think might be interested in our line of conversation. The best way for podcasts to grow in the sea of millions of podcasts really is through word of mouth. So every little bit helps and we appreciate you all. So let's get back to the show. We have Governor Abbott from Texas who is introducing a bill to ban vaccine mandates for both public and private businesses and is the legislation he proposed in October 2023 as part of the third special session agenda. It would prohibit any entity in Texas from requiring COVID-19 vaccination for employees or consumers who object to it for any reason of personal conscience based on a religious belief or for medical reasons, including prior recovery from COVID-19. The bill is based on an executive order that Abbott issued earlier, but it would make it permanent and enforceable by law. The bill has passed the Texas Senate and the House, but with the some minor changes that need to be reconciled before it can be sent to the governor for his signature. The bill also has also faced some opposition and criticism from various groups, such as business groups, who argue that the bill would interfere with their right to protect their workers and customers and that it would create a confusion and liability issues. Healthcare groups who warned that the bill would endanger public health and safety and that it would undermine the efforts of the end, to end the pandemic, which the pandemic's over. I don't understand how people are still saying the pandemic is on. And legal experts who question the un- the constitutionality and legality of the bill and who say that it could be challenged in court by the federal government or private parties. So that last part, that's the part that reason why I'm saying that the right goes righter. I was going to say, because that didn't really, that just sounded super fucking libertarian to me. And so like, no, I would argue point. differently your point. because a private business is private. If you have a business and it's private, you get to dictate what happens with your business, not the government. Yeah, not and to mention like no, no, the government no. to encroach on a private business's freedom to operate. Yeah, but you could also make the right to work argument. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Well, it's, no, this this trumps the right to work argument because the right to work argument is well, you could just quit your job. If a company is mandating in their private bylaws of their company, just like worker policy, yeah, but then but have so the, many sick I guess days. I guess I'm trying to play devil's devil's advocate here because if you if you have a multitude of corporations that decide that they want to mandate vaccines within their, you know, in order to, to work for them, right? And they're maybe they're all I don't know why, but maybe they're all you know captured by liberal media or whatever whatever the hell it is whatever whatever the thing is that makes them decide that we now have to 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 mandate vaccines then let it go through the proper channels of the courts i mean yeah sure i guess that i guess i guess that's fair i I, i'm just you know what i mean it's unconstant it it could be argued that it's unconstitutional sure but well i guess i guess i guess the libertarian i guess I guess the libertarian argument would be like that libertarians, you know, they, they I guess what they would say is the, the only for, the only duty of the government is to protect people's liberties. Right. And private property. Yeah. And private property and liberties. So is this not legislation that would be protecting 
the liberties of the people by saying you you cannot mandate. No, because you're taking away freedom of choice. That's daddy from who? making the choice for you. From who? The you can, you can you can still go get the vaccine if you're working Absolutely. there. You can, but if you're like in like again, I'm 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 anti-mandate. But just because I'm anti-mandate, the alternative of forcing everyone else to have my personal views is just as wrong as someone else forcing everyone else to have the view to they have the views that I'm against. See, this is an interesting one because I think there's a decent libertarian argument on both sides of it. I think you're making one and I'm making the other. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. But like he's expanding the power of the government and encroaching on a private business as enterprise. And while, while in my view, while in my view, maintaining the liberty of the working man. Um, Sure. But telling businesses how to run their businesses, essentially. You know? I guess. I don't know. How many I guess I don't see it that you way. Know, like, I guess, like, yeah, no, I just... Either you're, whether you're for it or against it, he's expanding the power of the of the government, of the executive and branch. For all, and for all of you dickheads out there that think that Corey and I just jump on here and agree with each other all the time... Here's an instance in which maybe we don't. I but I see Corey's point. I think Corey sees mine. It's yeah, no, I see your point. Issues. Yeah, like yeah, like but like the blanket ban, like just do it for your the, the public workers, and then just tell private businesses you're free to make your own decisions. Actually, you know that you would be the most libertarian way to do you, it. You actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually gonna gonna concede. I think you actually win this argument because there's no actual libertarian that runs a business, it's going to mandate a vaccine. So <laughs> right. Yeah, from that, yeah, from no, that perspective, from that perspective, I guess you win. <laughs> yeah, there's not win or loss. It's just, we're here to have the conversation. Right. And, uh, but yeah, like it's, you're taking away the private business to make that choice. And ultimately you're taking that choice. Well, I guess you're not taking that choice away from the worker, but you're taking that choice away from the private business to operate their company how they see fit. I guess as it I guess as it stands, I I agree with with Governor Abbott's decision here more than I would most. But I I guess I you know I see your point. I get it. And then we're gonna get down to our boy DeSantis who loves. I guess I guess to finish off, I don't I don't know that I would call that moving further to the right. I guess is what I would by say. Expanding the, by expanding authoritarianism? Well, yeah, but the left expands authoritarianism as well. By moving the to the right. Not necessarily. <laughs> I know, I know. By sh- well, no, no, actually, you know what? You're right, because the way that the way that they're engaging in authoritarianism is shutting down free speech, which I guess would be moving to the right. So, yeah, or no, you're right. Forcing people to do stuff with their bodies like they claim the right does. Ah, yes, very fair. You're right. Nope, you got... You, uh, hey, Ding round one. Corey wins this one. <laughs> and then uh, <clears throat> DeSantis's visa policy that he proposed recently. Yeah, this one's ridiculous. DeSantis proposed to remove people with visas who protest is a part of his immigration policy that he announced in June 2023. He said that he would cancel the student visas of foreign nationals in the U.S. and deport them if they expressed support for groups like Hamas or participated in anti-American protests. Which anti-American is so goddamn subjective, and I hate policies 100%. that are written. Our show 
be considered anti-American. DeSantis would want us shut down. <laughs> He'd be like, you two need to go back to Ireland. Like, <laughs> I mean, I've been there before. It's where my great or my grandpa. I can't from. go there. I don't know anything about Irish politics. I don't speak the language. <laughs> I don't speak to Irish. Degree. I speak American. To, to, a, to, a, to a degree, that's true. He said he would cancel the student visas of foreign nationals in the U.S. and deport them if they expressed support for groups like Hamas or participated in anti-American protests. Which anti-American protests is the most American thing you can do. One of them. He also said he would revoke the visas of any foreign nationals who commit crimes or overstay their visas, which I get. That's fine. But he claimed that this would protect the national security and sovereignty of the U.S., but critics said oh. that it would violate the free speech and due process rights of immigrants and students. Here we go. Protectionist bullshit. Yeah. This idea. Expanding this idea. the government over an idealistic protectionist society. This idea it's a utopia that. utopia for him, but a dystopia for everyone else. This idea that words are somehow harmful. Isn't that a, um, a right-wing talking point? A super, like, one of these goofy, woke leftists talking point? Aren't words violence? Yeah. Is that words is that what Ron DeSantis... Is that, is that what Ron DeSantis is suggesting? Yes. That words are violence? Because that's kind of... They're microaggressions. So here's, the, here's, the, here's the, 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 the biggest issue with this, right? So, like, defenders of this have said things like, well, yeah, you know, uh, kids on student visas have the... Uh, they they certainly have the right to free speech, but they don't have the right to be in the United States. And like, this is something that I actually give, I'm actually going to give uh, credit to a guy that we talk about on this show a lot that we really like Brad Palumbo from, from base politics, please. Uh, when you're done with us, check out their politics. They're fantastic. Um, so Brad on his latest episode said that he had, he had talked to some, to some constitutional lawyers on this. Like, is there any constitutional ground to deporting, these people and the answer is not really yeah. because because the the idea that they don't have the right to be americans or, or i'm sorry that they don't have the right to be in america is 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 true on its surface like nobody the, the point is nobody has the right to a visa right like we don't we're not requ- the united states is not required to give somebody a visa you're cracking but, a bit, Dan. am i i'm sorry how are we now? We good? Yeah. All right. Um, nobody has the right to a visa. That's true. But once you receive that visa, it's much more difficult to take it away on these grounds. So, like, the idea that, like, you don't have the right to a visa is true. But once you receive that visa, you have every single right that, the Ameri- that an American citizen has. If you commit a crime, sure, your visa can be revoked. You can be deported if you threaten to, I don't know, shoot a president or a congressperson. Sure. Visas revoked. You're sent away. But once you have that visa and you are a lawful uh, occupant of the United States, once you're here, you have every single fucking constitutional right that you have, Corey, the bell has that I have. And that includes freedom of speech and the and that includes the right to be pro Hamas. Yes, I'm sorry. You have the you can vehemently right degree, disagree with them, right? But they still have 100%. that right. Yep. Uh, what's interesting is so these are two court cases that you and I have to follow because uh, they're still in litigation. 
But Rojas versus Moore, it's a legal case that involves the First Amendment rights of immigrants. It was filed by Claudio Marcelo Rojas, an Argentinian immigrant and activist who was arrested and detained by ICE agents after he participated in a documentary that criticized ICE's practices. He claimed that ICE targeted him for his speech and violated his constitutional rights. So that case was dismissed by a district court in Florida, and then it was brought up to uh, the 11th Circuit Court, and right now it is still going on. And then there's also an, another uh, case of Najjar versus Ashcroft, as a which is a legal case that involves the First Amendment rights of immigrants. So there's like cases that are pending that will have huge implications on this exact conversation we're having right now. Because I so I have some bullet points like when it comes because like what we're talking about right now. Well, isn't uh, that interesting? Before you, the yeah. Before you get to your bullet points, isn't isn't that interesting how these people on the right want to sit there and, and and tout the Constitution up and down? All they want to do is like constitutional rights this, constitutional rights that. I just I just I don't know. I just find that interesting. It, so. And both sides are probably guilty of this. I can't think of an example on the left at the moment, but maybe somebody can throw one out there. Um, this idea that constitutional rights matter to you as long as it supports your fucking opinion. As soon as they don't, yep. throw them out the window. Anyway, Absolutely. go ahead. Yeah, so the First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution protects the freedom of speech, press, religion, assembly, and petition. But does it apply to non-citizens who are in the U.S.? The yes, answer is not simple. There's no yeah. clear rule that says whether the First Amendment applies to non-citizens or not. Different courts have given different answers depending on the context and the type of speech involved. Generally speaking, non-citizens are who are lawful, lawfully present in the U.S. have the same First Amendment rights as citizens. They can express their opinions, join political groups, practice their religion, and petition the government without fear of censorship or punishment. However, there are some ex exceptions and limitations to this principle. For example... Non-citizens who are in the U.S. US illegally or temporarily may have less protection under the First Amendment sure. than citizens and permanent residents. The government may restrict their speech or deport them if they pose a threat to national security, public order, or public health. Also, non-citizens who are outside the U.S. or seeking entry to the U.S. may have no First Amendment rights at all. The government may deny them the visas or admission based on their speech or beliefs. Well, it just goes to what I just said. Yeah, exactly. It just goes to what I just said. Nobody has the right to a visa, but once you acquire that visa, then you have the right to the First Amendment. You are here lawfully in the United States. You have First Amendment rights. Period. Paragraph. Additionally, some types of speech that are protected for citizens may not be protected for non-citizens. For example, non-citizens may not be able to claim the right to criticize the government, advocate for political change, or support unpopular causes without risking their immigration status or eligibility for naturalization. The government may consider such speech as evidence of disloyalty, subversion, or terrorism. So here's what's interesting about that, because people bring this up all the time with, with various different amendments. And I, I and I always look at like the Constitution and the way that people view it, and I think the way it should be viewed, is super closely. Pay attention. Pay attention to the language in the Constitution in each of those amendments. Because the founding fathers, if they did one thing really, really well, and I understand, like there have been amendments, obviously, since long after the founding fathers were gone, but particularly the Bill of Rights. Pay attention to the language in those Bill of Rights. 
because they did they did such an unbelievable job. And one of the things with all their flaws that I think the founding fathers did well is really making sure that every single word in that Bill of Rights was just absolutely gone over with Concise. a microscope. Gone over with a microscope. And what you'll notice is that most of those amendments in the in the Bill of Rights, they they don't say anything about citizenship. And and I think that is the way that it should be. If you are in this country lawfully, God damn it, that fucking constitution should apply to you. I'm sorry. Yeah. Though like you can't run for president, absolutely. you can't do things like that, but sure. absolutely. If there's no if it doesn't if if the if if the if the, if the constitution doesn't say definitively that these rights or that these the, these things within this amendment only apply to you if you're a citizen then if you're here lawfully i think any supreme court justice would agree with this then it applies to you if you're here lawfully if you're an illegal then it gets a little more did i just say if you're an illegal god damn it i sounded like my boomer uncle there for a second if you're if you're here if you're one of their goddamn aliens if you're if you're undocumented and you're here then it gets a little bit more wishy-washy and i think we had this i think we had this discussion about the 14th amendment as far as equal protection under the law and the way that that verbiage is, is oh yeah Vivek trying to say that it was <laughs> it didn't account for immigrants it was only for but it does say but but it does say under the jurisdiction of and it's like well how can you have a jurisdiction without yeah them being here and being responsible so yeah it's pay attention to the constitution and like really really look at the language in it because it's fucking brilliant and it, yeah. it's so well done so for Go examples ahead. of the left moving right to like 2005 2010 republican policies and the right just going straight authoritarian yeah i mean it's nothing new. It's something. I'm glad you brought it up, though, Corey, because it's something that we haven't really discussed. Go and be like Brigham. Keep one in your pocket. <laughs> the Constitution. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I you don't have to do that, but uh, if you do, more power to you. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just this is this has always been the case. Like, if you go to almost anywhere else in the world. The Democratic Party of the United States is center right at best. Bernie Sanders, for fuck's sake, in 2016, if you had gone to Europe and, and, and discussed all of his policies, he was centrist at best. You know, so this idea that the Democratic Party is left wing. It's nonsense. It's nonsense. They're right. They're right wingers. They're absolutely right wingers. And the Republican Party is extremely right and that's just, that's been the case that's been the case for a long time it's been the case probably since world war ii i don't know exact an exact date to put on it but like when you think about leftists and you think about like what you see culturally that leftism <laughs> is it's not it's not real it's not real leftism nope there are real leftists out there there are real real leftist speakers out there I think, you know, the Fred Hampton leftists and, and Jimmy Dore, like these guys are, these guys are legitimate. These are guys are legitimate leftists. And when you, when you listen to them, I don't always agree with these guys, but they, they, they bring up good points because they're real leftists. They're not, 
this this phony AOC leftist that brings up points that don't actually matter. Like yeah. leftism has a place. Like actual leftism has a place. It, des- it deserves a spot in the conversation. Hundred percent. Yeah. And I'm not one of them. I'm more libertarian. I think Corey is as well. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. I'm definitely like I've given up on any sort of government telling me what to do. I need less of it. Get it out of my face. What do you have next, Corey? You want to talk about a Trump? Uh, this Trump supporter that went to jail? Yeah. You want to talk about? Yeah. Okay. Here's an example of leftism going straight authoritarianism. But yeah, real quick. So just to wrap up, those are four topics of like showing the super woke liberals picking up like 2005, 2010 Republican policies. And then Republicans just pick it up straight authoritarianism. Yeah, actually, you know what? I think I fucked up. Uh-oh. Let's not worry about. Let's not worry about this Trump supporter at the moment. Um, we got to go here. The RFK issue. The issue of RFK. The the RFK Junior issue. So. I was able to pull up, if I can fucking find it here, um, that RFK, he's going to be the most interesting non-establishment party candidate, I would argue, since Ross Perot. Yeah, especially, uh, yeah, in our lifetimes. Well, Ross, Ross Perot, Perot, like, I mean, in our voting lives. I, I actually vaguely remember him. I you see, see, this is how fucked up I am, Corey, in my my political history here. So you, you said you didn't really get into politics until what you said about 2016, maybe a little bit orange that. man to that orange man, that orange, man that orange man getting bad. I remember I rem- I was eight years old. I remember the 1996 election. Now this was Ross Perot was still involved in that, that election, but his big one was obviously 1992 when a lot of people accused him of being in, because he was in the race. Um, that's what got Clinton elected. There are, you know, you go back and forth on on whether or not that's true. But Ross Perot was also, I don't know if a lot of people remember this, was also involved in the, the election in 96. Do you remember who the Republican candidate was that year, Corey? In 96? Yeah, it was yep. Bush. Bush Jr. No, it was not. No, it was not. No? 96? 96 was, I'll give you, I'll give you a hint, erectile dysfunction. Bell, Bell's, Bell's racking his brain. Bell, you got it? I know who it is. I don't need you to look it up. <laughs> nope, that's not right. Bob Dole. I'm listening. I'm Bob listening Dole. to jokes from a, a four-year-old. Bob Dole? Bob Dole. Yeah, I know who Bob Dole Yeah, he uh, was the 1996 Republican candidate. Oh, yes. <laughs> 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 Bell just told us to fuck off. Yeah, he did. Bob Dole. Bob Dole <laughs> told you specifically to fuck off. So, but, but like that's how far back like my my memory of politics goes. I was fucking eight years old, and I remember the 1996 presidential election. But anyway, that's neither but, here nor wait, there. Wasn't didn't Bush <laughs> Bush ran in that year? Didn't he? He, I mean, he might have, but he he was knocked out early in the primaries. If he did. Um, I, just, I just remember like in second or third grade and it being like the uh, the election and we get those like time, those little like really, really skinny magazines. It was like Time Weekly or something like that for kids. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure it had uh, Bush Jr. and Clinton on it. Nope. Maybe. I mean, he might he might have been involved, but Bob Dole was the Republican candidate in 1996. Um, Bob Dole has ED. Uh, anyway, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. That's a fun the, fact for you. Bill Clinton not, definitely is, did not have ED. No. No, he did not. Um, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is, is I would say, the, the, the biggest, the most relevant independent candidate since Ross Perot in 1992 and then a little bit in 1996, but he'd kind of fallen off the way. That was my point, was that Ross Perot also ran in 96, but nobody remembers that part. Uh, <laughs> so um, RFK Jr. is... I think I think the point you wanted to make, Corey, and you can correct me with correct me if I'm wrong, is the candidate that might show that if either one of these establishment parties could actually produce a competent candidate, that they would vote for him. I think I think what you're trying to say is that he's he's proof of that. And here's and I'll yeah. give you I'll give you I'll give you just this number to start with, and then you can go ahead, Corey. Early polling with RFK Jr. as an independent candidate is getting 14%. That's not an insignificant number. No, that's not. Doesn't mean he doesn't mean he's gonna he, he, I mean, he almost certainly won't win. That's a big fucking he's halfway, number. He's halfway to what he needs to win in the US elect in the US presidential like race. You know what I mean? Yeah, if he got if he got to 35% or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, he's halfway there. So anyway. Just under halfway there, but, but yeah, no. So I just find it interesting because here is RFK. He was running in the democratic ticket, you know, and you have a bunch of, and like the Trump campaign is freaking out because he's pulling more votes from the Trump side than he is the democratic side. And I think that's just evidence that if the Democrats actually came out with a decent fucking candidate, that they would pull a shit ton of independent votes. Yeah, because we're we're at a spot right now where it, it, it like this is why I was so turned off when um, RFK Jr.'s family decided to tweet out about how dangerous it is that RFK Jr. is running as an independent. Speeches. Dude, if you if you don't understand at this point that RFK Jr. running as an independent is worse for Trump than it is for Biden. You're, you are you are not paying attention because this is a man that that can siphon off a little bit of the Republican vote. And it's it's one of those things that I've said for probably since we started this show. I came up as a Democrat. I, I am I am born of the left. But guess what? I, I understand that Republican voters, not necessarily Trump sycophants. OK, though, that's a completely different breed of person. But Republican voters on average are a lot more open to outside than democratic voters are it's that, that yeah. that's just that's just the facts it really is like they're they're a lot they, like a a, a run-of-the-mill republican voter trump sycophants aside a run-of-the-mill republican voter would be a lot more open to a more centrist democrat or a, an rfk style democrat than the opposite Democratic voter voting for a Republican. Would you agree with that statement? Yeah, and I think this also pokes major holes in the whole uh, 
mantra that all of Trump supporters are backwood racist hicks because here this guy is he's he's a liberal is coming out and some of them are jumping shit from Trump to vote for RFK yeah who is who said like he thinks that uh black people should get reparations that federal money should be set aside to help the black community for what they've gone through and stuff like that which I would disagree with which is a whole topic of its own yeah yeah, it's yeah, which I would disagree with. Which oh, I guess that makes me a racist. People are going to call me a racist now without I actually. That was without a- because I didn't feel like I had to sit here. <laughs> with it, but w- without me actually expressing why I have my opinion, I'm automatically a racist. It's okay. It's fine. I'm a straight white male. I'm a piece of shit. Yeah, you are. Remember that. I'm such a piece of shit. I am the worst human being on earth. So now you have two choices: you either embrace that or you let that guilt make you. White knight. What do I do? Do I out of guilt for all the other black and brown people? What do I do now? Am I supposed to just just become Andrew Tate? Like is so you either yeah so you either become Andrew Tate (laughs) or you become like Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi and wearing the Kunta Kinte cloth and taking are those my only options? Yeah, those are my only options. Clearly, I won't be here next week. Not because I'm getting married on Saturday, but because I'm going to fucking kill myself tonight. Because I would I would rather be dead. (laughs) <laughs> than be associated with either of those. And that's fine. You can do that. But it depends on what your suicide note says. <laughs> oh, I get it. You, you laid on. Like, did you uh, use should a, I, should I, or a blue bullet? Oh, should I say something about Israel in my suicide note? Absolutely. Should I say something about Israel and about um, tra- uh, uh, child, tra- child trafficking? Yeah. Yeah. Probably we can't. I can't win. I can't win. So it's so it's like no fuck. Fuck that. Now now I'm not going to kill myself because I'm just going to stay alive even harder. I'm just going to stay alive harder and vote harder. <laughs> I'm going to vote even harder. <laughs> oh man. Well, that's yeah, no, I, just, I, I I am the piece of shit on this show. We've settled it. <laughs> I obviously get along great with the black community. I'm wearing a Wu Tang shirt. Oh yeah, you know, you you know, you know, you, you've got black, you've got black in your family. I've got black friends. I love that. I love like what's worse, saying I have black friends or saying I don't have black friends. <laughs> yeah, it's like what makes you more racist at this point in the world? What Are you does more make you more racist? Having to get to that <laughs> point where you have to, you were, where you're in a position where you have to say, well, I have black friends. My wife is black. Or, you know, like my, my cousin is black <laughs> or just straight up saying I have no black friends. <laughs> There's no winning. There's no winning in that scenario. You cannot win. You've already lost. If you've put yourself in a position where you have to say whether or whether you do or do not have black friends, just go home and kill yourself. I mean, <laughs> just, no, you, you're done. No, we do not advocate opting out on this show. Oh, what's the suicide? Bell, find the suicide hotline yeah, number. We should probably we're probably we we're probably that. obligated to throw that up there now. Even if it's in jest, we really need to let people know that hey, there is an there is a no way ever. A, He's looking. He's looking. Nine eight eight. Nine eight eight. That's the suicide hotline number. Is nine eight eight? Yep. Okay. Did he misspell nine one one? 
he's messaging us now because he can't get through. <laughs> he's sending a <laughs> over. <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't ever. Suicide <laughs> is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. So I always remember that. Tell him. Oh God! Tell him we are we are so. I did, but his delay. But his delay. He's just hearing it just now. (laughs) (laughs) Bell is still here. By the way, this conscious decision. It was just shit on Bell's internet night tonight. I guess we are starting a GoFundMe for uh, Bell. He needs. He needs, he needs to improve his internet. So please, uh, uh, when we send that out on our feeds, please donate and get Bell. Because he can't donate to it because he just keeps getting a server error. <laughs> Some significant internet. Oh, He's actually got Dan to do a spit take with bourbon. Dan, have you ever gotten bourbon mm. up the nose? Mm-mm. Oh, man. Bell was there Never. I did it. I'll fight I, it off. I, I was doing a big shot and then... I went like to cough or someone said something funny and I went <laughs> and shot bourbon right at my nose. And it is one star burns too much. <sighs> one star. Boofing Shall we call way it easier? Shall we call it a night, Corey? Did we miss anything? I mean, we did, but did we miss anything you important? Know, this poll, like I have some polls. Oh, you got, oh, you got some polls. We can do the polls. I like the polls. Well, Let's go. Okay. I have to piss like a racehorse, but that's neither here nor there. Walkers. I'm going to bring Bell into this because I like to get his take on some of this too. No, he doesn't want to be in because because his his daughter's behind him. Okay, well then you know what? we are we're going to save the the polls for next week. All right, like maybe even I'm not going to be here because I like it's it's fun when we get everyone in on it. It's not the same. we dig there's, it. There's a magic in the camaraderie. It's so funny. I'm looking at Bell's feed right now, and all I see is. <laughs> I see it's Lorelei over his shoulder. (laughs) (laughs) Bell says, unless you want to hear rocks smashing together, don't get me involved in the feed. (laughs) I don't know if he's talking about his internet or, or kid kid shenanigans. Bell. Bell, are you there? (laughs) I'll never get tired of that. That's great. I'm glad I <laughs> I'm glad I decided to pull that audio. All right. Yeah, we can we can call it a night. I will uh I will warn the people. I will not be here next week. I'm not looking for congratulations, but I'm uh, I'm getting married on Saturday. Yeah, so Dan's I'll getting hitched. A, I'll be on He's a little the, uh, the 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 club of monogamy. Monogamy. Uh it sounds like a you know. city in northern Michigan. Uh it's I like will put on this table here, monogamy. I'll, I'll be drinking a lot of bourbon in Louisville uh, with my with my lovely bride and our two dogs. So uh, I I mean Bell and Bell and Corey will be here next week. Depending on what's going on on Wednesday, I might hop in, I might not. But don't 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 plan to have me here. But uh, if if not, I'll see you in two weeks. Corey, tell the people where they can find us. The Sort of Podcast is found on all social media and podcast platforms. Our website is libservativeshow.com, and we can be found at Libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Instagram and Twitter at Libservative Pod. 
Our TikTok videos can be found at Libsertive Podcast, and you can reach out directly at libsertivepod at gmail.com. Subscribe today. Subscribe yesterday. I don't know how you did it, but you're going to do it. For Bell the Body Snatcher on the ones and twos, he as always has been Corey Walsh. He's been Dan Griffin. This has been Libservative. And until next time, we are out of here. We the people cannot end that.